Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you? I pray that you are well, because we have all things in Christ. All things are His, and if we are in Him, all things are ours. It's a wonderful day. And um, you know what what, um, St. Francis de Sales says, and other saints say that uh, we begin anew every day. That's why some people say today is the beginning of forever, the first day of my life. Well, it's not the first day of my life, but we do and can begin anew every day. So whatever got us down yesterday, uh, depression or sickness or failure or disappointment or whatever was, we start again today. God's mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. We need to believe. We need to trust and we need to give him fully, fully our lives. And the way to do that in this climate of today's church and world is to know our faith. We cannot live a faith we don't know. If we don't know it and we try to live it, it's just going to be living a bunch of do's and don'ts and rules. When a child is young and you tell them that there's a rule, they must not cross the street without mommy or daddy, They feel confined. They want to do it themselves. But when they get older, they realize you saved their life, right? Um, And they have the the understanding now, the knowledge to be able to do it themselves. So um, we have uh, decided this is a joint venture to go through the Catholic Catechism Explained together. And I'm reading a portion of it every day. And I'm reading it through with you. So we're learning together is what we're doing. Um, And where we left off yesterday, um, let me see now, Um, that they were, okay, hold on now. All right. We're on Holy Scripture, and uh, we'll continue uh, with that reading. If you are on, uh, if you're following in the Catechism, I'm on page 87, and it begins, the reading of Holy Scripture is permitted to Catholics and is very profitable to them. But this, um, but the text, the text used by them must have been authorized by the Pope and must be provided with the explanatory notes. Now, um, this one is authorized, what I'm reading, and does have explanatory notes. And of course, there are uh, rumors that Catholics were uh, not permitted the Bible, and um, um, there were all kinds of translations, and um, uh, the books weren't available which we had today to interpret. And Martin Martin Luther, in uh, beginning the Reformation, said that we are all our own interpreters of Holy Scripture because we have its author, the Holy Spirit, living within us. And so that's even how today, um, a little more than 500 years 
uh, from the Reformation, I should say now 600 years from it, um, we have over 40,000 uh, denominations. The Catholic Church is not a denomination. It is the Church our Christ established. But we have over 40,000 Protestant, never mind other religions, Protestant denominations, each interpreting the Scripture by the Holy Spirit within them. Um, it, it just was never what God intended. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, it goes on to explain, in Holy Scripture we learn to know God aright. We see His omnipotence, that's His power, in creation and all the wonders narrated in the Bible. His wisdom in guidance of individuals and of the whole human race. His goodness in the incarnation and the sufferings of our Lord. We have in the saints and above all in Jesus Christ, glorious examples of virtue to incite us to the like. The Bible, says St. Ephraim, is like a trumpet that inspires courage into soldiers. It is like a lighthouse which guides us to a safe haven as we sail over the perilous sea of life. End quote. It also warns us against sin, Shows I'm thinking of the verse of King David, who wrote in the Psalms, Thy word have I hidden my heart, Psalm 105. Thy word, no, I think it's Psalm 19, verse 105. I might be off on that. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Because when we hide God's word in our heart, we know it, we memorize it. Then we can bring it up and bring it to mind in all kinds of dangers and circumstances and temptations so that we have God's word and we don't sin against God. It shows its awful consequences, sin's awful consequences, as in the story of the fall, of the flood, of the cities of the plain of Saul, Absalom, Judas, Herod, etc., all those who fell. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. It contains all that is profitable to man and a great deal more than can be found elsewhere. It is like an overflowing well that can never be exhausted. There is always something new to be found in it. You can read it the rest of your life, beloved. In my 18 evangelical years, I read the Bible through once every year. Now, people say, do you still read it through once every year? I said, no, I'm a Catholic. Why would I do that? <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. But I don't read it through once every year, and I should. I read it, but not the same. There's so much. My, the candy store, the size of Costco or Sam's in the Catholic Church, there is so much treasure um, that I didn't have with the Bible alone. But he who desires... Um, to understand and profit by. That doesn't mean, excuse me, I have to backtrack here. As Catholics, it doesn't mean we cannot read the Bible through every year. It is highly recommended. Highly recommended. I recommend doing that. I think I'm going to get back to that. But he who desires to understand and profit by Scripture must have something of the Spirit which the minds of its writers were full else he will never penetrate beneath the surface or arrive at its true meaning. If you're not a Christian, if the Spirit of God doesn't live in you, the Bible 
may just be words on a page, but the Holy Spirit who wrote it um, can fill our heart and enlighten us to the truths and the life. It's a life-giving word. The reason why we are not permitted to read any version of the Bible that we choose, well, today those prohibitions have been lifted and people are reading all sorts of errant translations. They're reading um, um, paraphrases of the Bible, which are can be helpful, but not as one's steady diet of food. And the authors say the reason why we're not permitted to read any version of the Bible that we choose um, is because the unaltered text and true explanation of it are only to be found in the Catholic Church. And that's why um, St. John Henry Cardinal Newman um, has said to dig deep into history is to cease being Protestant. Because if you go into the Church Fathers, you have the Gospels interpreted by their disciples, as such as St. John uh, discipled Polycarp, an early Church Father. And Polycarp uh, knew what St. John meant by what he wrote. You cannot get a better uh, interpretation, explanation than that. If you base yourself, uh, if we base ourselves on um, so-called scholars that wrote from the Reformation on, or even before the Reformation, it, 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 it's not nearly as trustworthy as the... Um, the writings of the Church Fathers, those nearest to the Apostles and the Evangelists. So first, because the unaltered text um, and true explanation of it are only to be found in the Catholic Church, that's again why we're not permitted to read any version of the Bible, and if you just go to the store and get a Bible, you might be getting a Protestant Bible, and then you'll be missing seven-plus books of the Old Testament. Secondly, because the greater part of it is very difficult to understand. And all you need to look at is the thousands of books um, on the shelves that teach different perspectives, different histories, different meanings of the Bible. So if you get a Catholic Bible and you look at Catholic Church Fathers, Catholic scholars, you're going to be a lot closer to home. There's the music for our first break, beloved. We'll be right back after the break. We'll continue with this uh, for another few minutes until our second break when we'll take your calls, your texts, and your emails. I'll give out our number so you have it in advance. one 511 5483 or you may email at mother at We'll be right back. Tune in weekdays from 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern for Sermons for Everyday Living, a program that brings you real sermons from real priests on topics important to you and your faith. Visit thestationofthecross.com for details. LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, love in truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, 
however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com. There is so much confusion in our world today over what love is. By displaying a Catholic radio bumper magnet on your car, you'll help others understand love as designed by God. Order your free bumper magnets at thestationofthecross.com. Just click on the Promote tab at the top of our website. We'd be happy to send bumper magnets for your listening area so that others can come to know the Lord. That's thestationofthecross.com and click on the Promote tab. Thank you for sharing Catholic Radio on the road. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We have a few more minutes in to continue through the portion of the Catechism that speaks of Holy Scripture. It's enlightening to some of us uh, because we're so far away from not just the Council of Trent, but from when the Scriptures were given, that all all kinds of heresies and misinterpretations and all of that have crept in. This book speaks the authentic faith, and it's wonderful, even if it's different from what you have learned since then, it is the truth. Truth does not change, beloved. We can um, understand the truth. There is the development of doctrine, but not the addition of doctrine. And the development of understanding, just as when we grow, we understand more as an adult than we did as a child. But what we understand is um, we may not have understood it as a child, but we don't invent our own truth. So, um, and it's truth himself through the Holy Spirit that gave us the scriptures. So we go on to say here, the authors go on to say, um, it is only to the Catholic Church, that is, the, to the apostles and their successors, the bishops, that our Lord has promised the gift of the Holy Spirit and that the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Hence, the Holy Scripture, out of which the Catholic Church draws her teaching, cannot possibly be altered or corrupted. So the Scripture was given by God through men, empowered by the Holy Spirit, and nobody can change it. Heretics have, on the other hand, sometimes changed the meaning of particular passages in their own favor, or have omitted whole portions if they did not please them. 
Luther itself did that, and it goes on to say, thus Luther rejected the epistle of St. James because the apostle says that faith without works is dead. The difficulty of understanding Holy Scripture is a further reason for the church's restrictions. How few there are who can honestly say that they thoroughly understand the epistles that are read at Mass, and these are chosen for their simple and practical character. St. Peter himself says that in the epistles of St. Paul, there are some things hard to be understood, and that the unstable would pervert these to their own destruction. St. Augustine says, there are more things in the Bible. This is St. Augustine, doctor of the church. He says, there are more things in the Bible than those I can understand. The prophetical books are specially obscure, hence the necessity of an authentic exposition of the Bible. Heretics often give half a dozen different meanings to the same passage. The Catholic Church is the authority that God has appointed to explain Holy Scripture. For her, for to her the Holy Spirit has been given. The child brings the nut, N-U-T, that has been given it to its mother to be cracked. So the Catholic comes to the church for the explanation of the Bible. This is why the only Bible with explanatory notes, uh, only the Bibles with explanatory notes are allowed to Catholics. Again, we pick up Bibles today. They don't necessarily have explanatory notes. They're Catholic Bibles. They normally have references uh, to Scripture and uh, other notes, but um, but very few have explanatory notes. Um, and so it's, it's a danger because though it's a Catholic Bible, we come out with our own interpretation of Scripture. Um, so first, let me just see now. This is, the subject is the Holy Scripture and tradition, and the first point is that Holy Scripture or the Bible, same thing, consists of 72 books. Now, I still haven't taken the time to find out how it went from 72 to 73. So something was divided. People have said, is it First and Second Chronicles, First and Second Maccabees? I don't know. I, I simply need to, to look it up. I don't want to give a wrong answer. And you can also, of course, if you have the Internet, you can search it. And if you do search it and you have the answer, I absolutely invite you to call us and let us know so we're not living in suspicion or mystery anymore. Um, and so Holy Scripture or the Bible of 72, I correct that, the 73 now books, which were written by men inspired by God and under the guidance and influence of the Holy Ghost. These 73 books are recognized by the Church as the Word of God. Now, point two. The truths of divine revelation, which have not been written down in the pages of Holy Scripture, but have been transmitted by word of mouth, are called tradition. Not the tradition of men, beloved, but the capital T that Paul spoke about in his letter to the Thessalonians, that they are to adhere to every word taught them, whether by 
um, whether written or oral, by word of mouth. The same Holy Spirit that protects the written word has protected the spoken word. So the explanation goes on to say, the apostles received from our Lord the command to preach, not to write. Their writings are, are concerned more with the doings than with the teaching of Christ. Hence, their instructions on the points of doctrine are very incomplete. They themselves say that there is much that they have delivered to the faithful by word and mouth, much, but not everything. Um, uh, and much in Scripture, but not everything. Much that has been delivered, that's infallible teaching, by word of mouth. Accordingly, we are referred to tradition, capital T. It is by tradition that we know that our Lord instituted um, seven sacraments. We don't know this by the Bible. We don't know this by reading the Bible alone, beloved. We know this by listening to the church through which the Bible was given to the world. Those are almost the words of Martin Luther himself. Um, It is by tradition that we know that our Lord instituted seven sacraments. It is by tradition that we are taught that there is a purgatory, that Sunday is to be kept holy, and that infants are to be baptized. It is tradition which teaches us what books belong to holy scriptures, and so forth. Tradition comes down to us from the time of the apostles, just as those who follow up the course of a stream gradually draw near to the fountainhead and thus discover how far the water flows as we can search out the historical sources of um, of the teaching of the earlier centuries of the church and arrive at her true doctrine. Every doctrine that has always been believed in by this universal church comes down to us from the apostles. If therefore... There is any doctrine of the church that we do not find in Holy Scripture. We shall find it in the stream of tradition and shall be able to trace it up to the first ages of Christianity. So, for example, the Immaculate Conception that was declared, I think, 1854, it wasn't anything new. The church always believed it, always believed that I was in the catacombs that were um, underground in Rome, where Christians were persecuted and buried. And, um, and right on the walls are pictures of Immaculate Mary and uh, Christ and the disciples. It's beautiful. These is, this is before Scripture was even written. So all the dogmas, every proclamation that has been infallible since then, the very few, um, were not new, but they were affirmations of what has always been believed. The chief sources of tradition are the writings of the fathers, the decrees of the councils, and the creeds and prayers of the church. That's holy tradition. That is what God superintended, what God gave. 
the fathers of the church were those who were distinguished in the early ages of the church by their great learning and holiness. Such are St. Justin, the philosopher and zealous defender of the Christian religion. He died in uh, 166, A.D. 166. St. Arrhenius, Bishop of Lyon, and he died in 202, 202. St. Cyprian, Bishop of Carthage, and many, many of these were disciples of the apostles and are termed apostolic fathers as St. Ignatius, Bishop of Antioch in 107. The doctors of the church were those who in later times were distinguished for their learned writings and their sanctity. There are four great Greek doctors, St. Athanasius, Basil, Gregory, and John Chrysostom. Beloved, I tell you, and I've told you that I was from a Jewish background, an evangelical Protestant trying to save Catholics for 18 years, and I was challenged to go back and read the Church Fathers because our fathers were Martin Luther and John Calvin and uh, Ulrich Zwingli and and so forth, not, so forth. Um, but I finally went back and I read these men, and they were Catholic. And how could we have beliefs so different than theirs? And they believed the Eucharist, and I didn't as an evangelical. They believed so many things that the Catholic Church teaches today, and that Luther and others just jettisoned throughout. The doctors of the Church were those who in later times were distinguished for their learned writings and their sanctity. There are, well, four Greek doctors, I mentioned them, and four Latin doctors, Saints Ambrose, Augustine, Jerome, and Pope Gregory, called Gregory the Great. In the Middle Ages, there were four other great doctors of the Church, Saint Anselm, Archbishop of Canterbury, Saint Bernard, Abbot of Clairvaux, St. Thomas Aquinas, and St. Bonaventure. Among the most distinguished doctors of later times were St. Francis of Sales. He's one of our four patrons and uh, the saint that I truly love and follow. St. Francis de Sales, Bishop of Geneva, St. Alphonsus Liguori. We shall speak hereafter of the degrees of the council, the decrees and the creeds as the sources of tradition. The prayers of the Church are to be found primarily in the Missal, but also in other books used in the administration of the sacraments and other rites of the Church. Thus we find in the Missal prayers for the dead, whence it follows that the Church teaches their efficacy. We have a treasure, beloved, that will never, ever, ever plumb. There's the music for our break. We're going to come back to answer your calls and texts and emails. Toll free, 1-877-511-5483. We'll be right back. Users of iCatholic Radio are leaving inspiring reviews in the iTunes and Google Play stores. Margie says, My go-to app. I love this channel. I can listen while busy around the house or driving in the car. I love the variety of programs. Keep up the good work. Michaela from New Zealand says, I love this app. I have it on Bluetooth and my car radio and listen to it all day, every day, and am encouraged in my Catholic faith. 
I would recommend this to the world, whether Christian or not, because it speaks to all people to become better people. I am now a huge follower of the American Catholic way of life because it's very similar to the way I was brought up in Fiji. The priests on the station are very straightforward, but are very understanding toward the audience at the same time. Love it, love it, love it. If you haven't reviewed iCatholic Radio yet, we'd love to hear from you. Visit our page at the iTunes or Google Play Store. Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails. And stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is in a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Um, and we have a whole half hour to ourselves. Um, you may call in uh, toll-free with anything on your heart. It does not need to be anything we are talking about. The heart of the matter is the matter of a, your heart. Um, call in toll-free if you wish at 1 or text at one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, 511 5483 or email at mother at the station of we're going to go to a text from someone who writes in anonymously and says, Thank you, Mother Miriam. I need your help today with a question I have. I saw a podcast on Father Ripiger talking about generational demonic problems caused by parents that can run for four to five generations. He included having a family member in the Masons. My father was a Mason and he was not Catholic. However, my family has had many problems with divorce, and I have struggled with saying strong in my faith. Father Ripiger spoke of exorcist interventions. How do I know if I need if I need that? And where do I go to find a priest that would do one? Thank you for your help. You know what? I believe that any priest can come and anoint a home and exercise it. Any priest at all, he does not need to be an exorcist specifically, but he can come and he can say the prayers through your home and upon you and can anoint you. Now, if it's a matter of um, um, true spiritual warfare, uh, demonic activity, um, what you could do is call your diocese, um, 
And so far you haven't described demonic activity, but you see you may have described demonic activity because um, any kind of disruptions like that are not from God and uh, they can be uh, generational um, evil. They can be. Uh, I don't want to scare anyone, but this is the teaching of the church, and you could listen to Father Ripiger. Many things go wrong. We don't know why. So I would say go ahead, see if your diocese has an exorcist, which I hope it does. Uh, many dioceses do. And see if you can make an appointment with him and simply sit down and talk to him and um, tell him the situation, and uh, he'll be able to discern uh what to do about it, whether to come to your home and, and exercise the house and all of that. He'll be able to. Uh, I had years ago in another state, um, I had to have our priory exercised because uh, someone entered uh, that had the demon in her. So it's, it's quite scary. You don't always understand that. Um, so I would do that. Try to see if there's an exorcist in your diocese. Don't panic if there's not one. Um, uh, you can have a, a normal priest come in and go through your house and say the prayers of exorcism in every room. That's what we did. We never had another problem. Okay, so, um, and you can also uh, get the books of prayers from um, that are um, spoken of by Father Ripiger. I don't have them online. Auxilium Christianum, I forget now, I'll mess it up. But um, there's a book of prayers that you can say daily, um, if you wish, with your family. We have a call from Demetrius in New York. Hello, Demetrius. Hi, how are you? Well, I'm terrific. How are you? I love New York. Where in New York? I'm from a New York. I'm a New Yorker. I'm a Brooklyn bum. Where are you from? Uh, right now, I'm in Long Island. Long Island, okay. <laughs> I have relatives yeah. in Long Island. Oh, I love hearing from people from New York. Do you have a question? <laughs> yes. Um, I actually sent in a Facebook question uh, last week about going to the Latin Mass for the first time. Um, oh, that was you. Wow, okay. Yeah. Okay, um, well, how I was went, it? I went and it was it was truly amazing. I mean, it felt like I was going to the Divine Liturgy for the first time again. And it was just, it was so beautiful, so reverent. Blessed um, be God. And I can't Blessed wait to go God. again. Blessed. Demetrius, um, the only way you're reacting that way is through the Spirit of God who's after you. That's the only way. How beautiful. <laughs> it's so beautiful. So go ahead with your question, dear one. Um, okay, so my question is... Um, after well basically after uh you know i've i've seen some of the i've seen a lot of the abuses that have happened with the uh changes after vatican II. i mean i wasn't born during that time but i you know i looked into it and i couldn't believe what i was seeing and my question is um you know how am i supposed to believe that the catholic church is the one true church when it seems like uh the clergy and and even some of the the like even and i don't mean to to say anything disrespectful towards anyone but it feels like even the clergy and some of the um people don't don't believe it um, that's right and i really right. want to believe mm-hmm. that it's the true church because i yeah. 
I feel God it when is, I go to... Receive. The hound of heaven is after you, Demetrius. He is after you. I can tell you that right now. Let me give you a statement that was made by an apologist of the uh, 20th century, Frank Sheed. He's one of the greatest po- apologists ever. And uh, he said that the church is the cause of the holiness of its members. That's individual uh, Catholics. The church is the cause of the holiness of its members. But its holiness is not measured by their response. Did that make sense? So if we're holy, it's because of the church. If we're holy, it's because of the church. If we're unholy and unbelieving and unfaithful, it doesn't touch the church. It's not the fault of the church. If we're holy, it's the fault of the church. But if we're unholy, it does not reflect on the absolute essence of the church because the essence of the church is our Lord Jesus Christ. We are his body, and he is perfect without stain, without spot, perfectly holy. We mess it up, for sure. And um, since Vatican II, Demetrius, as you've discovered, we've gone through, it's, it's probably the worst time There's been other very bad times in history that the church has survived, but this may be the worst one. Um, It's truly, truly awful. And so the only way to get the scoop, get the truth, and ask God to help you is to just get good, uh, read good, reliable sources, and of course, prayer, prayer. And I'd suggest a couple for you, uh, if you'd like. Um, a book by Fran- sure. Frank Sheed. I don't know if it's by Frank Sheed, but One Catholic and Holy. It's it's an old book, One Catholic and Holy. I'd have to look it up. Um, or One Holy, let's say One Holy Catholic and Apostolic Church. So One Holy and Catholic, it might say. Uh, I'm not sure of the title, something like that. And I think it's Frank Sheed, but I'm not sure. Um, there's another book of all the books I read, Demetrius, uh, with your heart and your response, I think this may help you. It's called, if I, oh, my, my memory, um, this, uh, the spirit of Catholicism, the spirit of Catholicism. And the author is Carl with a K, K-A-R-L Adam, A-D-A-M. It may have an S on it, Carl Adams, I'm not sure. But that book will take you back to pre-13th century, pre-Reformation days, and you will see a church so holy, so magnificent. Um, it's a faith to die for because it's a faith to live for. Yeah, I mean, I at this point, like, I, I feel that the Catholic, like, you know, I really want to convert. It's just there were so many certain things that were really bothering me and I didn't want to just make a decision without really looking into it. Well, so, you're right. You're right um, to have them bother you. That's the spirit of God in you bothering you. Um, is there any major issue that's bothering you aside from all the debauchery, excuse my expressions, the debauchery, the falling away from the faith, the unbelief of high uh, clergy, and and the um, all the debauchery you see in the church, 
and the unbelief and turning away from the faith. It's just awful. It's awful, but no one can touch the Catholic Church. It is the church our Lord established, which he said in the Gospels, Gospel of John, he will lead into all truth till the end of time, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And never, the thing that helped me, I saw... All, and uh, I came into the church in 1995, and I saw all kinds of things that were just a mess and, and not even a percentage of what we see today. Um, and my brother said to me, uh, he said, Roz, my given name, Rosalind, he said, Roz, um, but you will not find one single uh, infallible truth that's been changed. He said, nothing that's been declared an infallible teaching has or can be changed. And I went to find it, and I couldn't. Nobody can. There is no truth of the church that has been declared infallible that has ever or can be changed. Even the Holy Father, if he teaches a wrong doctrine, he's as long as he doesn't make it binding on the faithful, it's not doctrine. And we don't have to worry about it. The truth is the truth. The truth of the scripture and the church uh, that came from the, the scriptures came from the church can never change, Demetrius. Okay. That that definitely helps a lot. I really appreciate it. Um, yes. So I if you, if you, one quick, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Um, if I was, you know, if, if I was interested in, in, converting i don't really know i'm i'm greek orthodox so i don't know necessarily what the process is or who i would have to speak to uh um, you live in new york in long island i don't have a church myself or a priest to refer you to but you went to the latin mass that's all you need to do is go to the priest and tell him you want to enter the catholic church from greek orthodox that's all you need to do and I don't believe any Latin church has an RCIA class. That's the right of Christian initiation for adults or groups that teach you. It's usually the pastor himself who will instruct you, which is a real treasure. And if he um, refers you to someone in the church, uh, it's going to be um, a man uh, that um, is is very holy and orthodox, who the priest approves of. You won't have to worry. Just tell the priest, and he'll take it from there. There's nothing else you need to do. Okay. All right. Thank you so much, Mother. I really you, appreciate it. God you're bless. Welcome. You're welcome. Dem- Demetrius, are you single? Yes. Okay, because well, that, that means you don't have marriage issues or other things to deal with. So, very good. Go to that priest this Sunday and let him know. And call me back and let me know how things are going. I will. All right. All right. God bless you, you, dear one. All right. Bye-bye. We have an email from Barbara in Chicago who writes, Dear Mother Miriam, may God bless you and your ministry. You are truly delightful, and I cannot imagine beginning any day without hearing your gentle voice. Barbara, you do my heart such good. Uh, Not everybody is of that opinion, so (laughs) it's it's really sweet for you to say that. You bring so much comfort to your listeners, Mother, and I thank God for you. Thank you so much, Barbara. My question is, where do the souls of good Christians without mortal sin go who die outside of the Catholic Church? I know that God is just, but he is also merciful, and it just not does not seem right that good souls may go to hell if they are not Catholic. Oh dear, 
We're going to have to continue this one after the, the break. She says, I do believe in the dogma, no salvation outside the Catholic Church, but I'm wondering if good non-Catholics may just go to limbo rather than hell, or if they just do not receive the entire beatific vision. Thank you very much for your time, Mother. God bless you. Well, God bless you, Barbara. And we'll have a, we'll take a good stab at answering that when we come back from the break. Beloved, we'll have another, um, uh, oh, 10, 15 minutes. Feel free to call in with anything that's on your heart. Toll free, one 511 5483 or email at mother at the We'll be right back. If you're new to iCatholic Radio, welcome to the free mobile app of the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. It's available for download to your Android and Apple mobile devices. If you have any questions about your new app, please contact us at thestationofthecross.com or 1-877-888-6279. That's thestationofthecross.com or 1-877-888-6279. Through your new app, you can listen to podcasts of shows, conference talks, and prayers. View our programming grid, call us directly, and check out our mobile website. You can even learn how you can promote iCatholic Radio in your community, connect with us through social media, and financially support the programming you love. That's all available on your iCatholic Radio mobile app. Thank you for joining our iCatholic Radio family, proclaiming the fullness of truth with clarity and charity. The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. It's our last segment Again, you're free to call in with anything on your heart. One, toll free, 877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. I'm going to quickly read through the email by Barbara in Chicago that we read just before the break. Dear Mother Miriam, 
and she thanks us for the program to begin. And then she says, my question is, where do the souls of good Christians without mortal sin go who die outside of the Catholic Church? I know that God is just, but he is also merciful. And it, it just does not seem right that good souls may go to hell if they are not Catholic. I do believe in the dogma, no salvation outside the Catholic Church, but I'm wondering if good non-Catholics may just go to limbo rather than hell, or if they just do not receive the entire beatific vision. Thank you very much for your time, Mother. God bless you. Uh, Barbara, dear one, I love your heart, but you see, we're not God, and we cannot determine uh, uh, any that anyone is good. <clears throat> when the rich young ruler came up to our Lord and he said, good master, uh, what must I do to attain eternal life? And Jesus looked at him and said, why do you call me good? Only God is good. In other words, do you know that I'm God? Oh, is that why you called me good? Good is not enough to get into heaven because the best person in the world is still a sinner and deserves hell. And it is only by the sacrifice of Christ. And so... um, the only teaching we're given in, by the church is that whoever, um, uh, let me just say, but, oh, I'm trying to exactly, uh, through whoever, um, through their own, not through their own fault, whoever does not know of the Catholic Church, the truth of it, that it's the church our Lord established, um, and it's not of their doing. Um, oh, why don't I remember the exact words? Um, if it's not, uh, they haven't been in the Catholic Church and rejected it, but through their own knowledge, they have not known that the Catholic Church is the true church. This, the Catechism says they can be saved, not that they will be saved. <clears throat> um, uh, and they can be uh the understanding is if they live up to the light God has given them and they live up to the grace they do have, whether they're non-Catholic Christian, whether they're Jews, whether they're Muslims, whether they're atheists, if they live up to whatever grace God does give them, then when they face God, they'll, or when, when God gives them the opportunity, they'll say yes. Otherwise, they'll turn from him. I believe there's no one uh, in hell that does not have the opportunity to say no to God. All those in hell have had it their way. They have said no to God. And so to say no to the Catholic Church is to say no to God. If you know what you're doing, if you don't, if it's through no fault of your own that you don't know the Catholic Church is the church, then um, uh, again, if you live up to the grace God has given you, you can be saved, not that you will be saved. I think the church has uh, uh, no longer held to any um, belief about limbo. But um, it's the same with Catholics, Barbara. If Catholics live up to the grace they've been given, they can be saved. It's not that Catholics will be saved. We have not uh, an absolute assurance that because we're Catholic, we're going to heaven. That no way. The whole Bible teaches against that. We have a moral assurance that if we don't turn from God and we follow him, then we'll follow him into into heaven, um, most of us through purgatory. So God, everything God does is right, but we are fallen, 
and we see through a glass dimly. And God says in the scripture, you thought I was such a one as you, but I'm not. He's God. And we have to praise him and worship him for what he does. And we need to try to bring every good non-Catholic Christian into their home, into the fulfillment of Christianity that God has given them so that they could receive the God who became food for us. We have a call from Kurt. Is that my friend in Boston? Yes, it is, Mother. How are you? How are you doing, dear one? I'm trying. You probably see my question. Pre-Vatican II and a post-Vatican II church. So I'll give it for instance. Like when I receive communion, the, the priest will say, the body of Christ, and I'll say, and preserve my soul unto life everlasting, on the tongue, on my knees. Yeah, I, Kurt, I, I, <clears throat> Kurt, this is exactly what you told us the last time you called in. You said you stand yeah. at the back of the line so you don't have to worry about disturbing anybody and you yeah. want to spread the faith by showing your reverence. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly, I remember you. Right, the reason I say that is because you just spoke with Dimitri. And I just want to let Dimitri know both masses are valid. So be reverent at both. That's right. That's right. But but I tell you what, Kurt, you're one person. Uh, the the go to a Latin mass church and the entire mass is reverent from the priest and his actions through the people. So uh, I think Dimitri will um, uh, probably be in a better place there. Right, but 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 for those who still go to the Novus Ordo, including myself. It's valid. I, and they should I, be, I reverend. be reverend. Gotcha. I be reverend. Okay. I say the Greek and Latin, and I yeah. tell my grandson, you know what I'm saying, because I'll never forget when I got introduced to a priest, it was very traditional, but he turned side of a concert. No, that's no good. He was telling me that the Vatican II Mass is not valid. Okay, let so, me, I, I need to go to another uh, another uh, text here, Kurt. I'm sorry to cut you short, but because I, the next one I, I want to really take, and we have just a minute and a half left of the program. Um, Set of just for anyone who doesn't know, you and I, I, we were having the same conversation, Kurt, but set of a cantus means the seat of is empty the set a seat vacantist vacant the seat it means that there's no pope and those who believe that there's no pope are outside the church so they're not going to believe what the church does is valid okay dear kurt i love you god bless you i'm going to go on to the text here thanks for calling my brother Uh, We have a text from someone who writes it anonymously and says, Hi, how is it possible to overcome severe, deep despair? Beloved, whoever's writing this, um, the way to overcome severe, deep despair is the way to overcome a severe flu virus or a severe disease of any kind. You go to the doctor because it's beyond what we can handle. And so... You need to go to a doctor. You need to go to a good psychoanalyst, if you can, or psychologist. Um, And you need people to help you to find one. And when you're feeling a little better, and you probably need medication, 
which is just fine. You take medication if you go to a doctor for chickenpox. Why shouldn't you take it for despair? Despair is a disease. And when you feel a little better, I want you to know that if you're in your right mind, beloved, and you have better control of your emotions, despair is a mortal sin because despair loses hope that God exists. It really denies God. And so depression is one thing. If you fall into despair, it says there's no hope. God is not there. And that's a very grave sin. So right now, if you're in severe, deep despair, go to a doctor that can help you. Ask a close friend to help you find a doctor and start there and then go from there. Okay, God bless you. There's our closing music. And so we need to say goodbye to you until tomorrow. God bless you all.